Hornet Heaven. Soap. Written by Ollie Wicken, read by Colin Mace. Earth Year, 1996. Part 2. Outside the red line, in the never-ending sunshine, George and Arthur stand on the junction of Vicarage Road and Occupation Road. George wonders where to take the new arrival if they can't sit in the pub. Then he remembers where Arthur said his happy place was. He says, We've got allotments here in Hornet Heaven, down past the stadium, man. Do you want to take a look? Yes. I fancy that. Thanks. As they walk back down the slope of Occupation Road, George carries on their conversation. So tell me, Arthur Munn, how do you manage to steer happy when so many things have always gone wrong for you? Oh, I'll just accept there ain't nothing I can do to change anything. But that kind of thinking makes me depressed. Not me. Down on earth I told myself there was a higher power at work. Right. You mean God, do you? He might be the higher power for some people. Not for me, though. Who was your higher power then, man? The EastEnders scriptwriters. Everything that happened to me was their will. George thinks about this as they walk. He gets it. Believing in a greater power than yourself has always been mankind's great coping mechanism. But Arthur's approach wouldn't work for a Watford fan because there's no one scripting how a football team gets on. Then, suddenly, George stops walking. Bloody hell! Arthur stops too. What, mate? In the 1980s, people called our rise up the divisions a fairy tale. And fairy tales don't write themselves. Now I think about it. Graham Taylor wrote some bloody brilliant scripts. Who? Our manager. He did incredible things for us. That's good. Aye. It's just that now he's back again. Well, let's just say, it's not heading for a happy ending, man. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> he's just got writer's block. Hello, Bill Mainwood here. I do beg your pardon for interrupting this story, but I'd like to tell you about one of the study classes we offer in Hornet Heaven. It's called the Graham Taylor Storytelling Masterclass. The focus of our study is the 1978-79 season, for which the great man created a script that saw Watford getting promoted from Division 3. The way the season unfolded was truly Oscar-worthy. The class involves four sessions. In the first, we take a look under the bonnet of GT's screenwriting craft. In particular, we study how he used a three-act structure based on a storytelling model known as The Hero's Journey. The model was used in the first Star Wars film that came out the previous year, and it became the template for many hugely popular movies. Then in the second session, we get down to detail and look at how our 4-2 opening win at Warsaw in August 1978 was the team's call to adventure how the team crossed the threshold in late September with a 4-2 home win over Oxford United that put them on the quest for promotion, and how GT introduced a David and Goliath subplot with our run to the League Cup semi-finals. 
In the third session, we see how the home draw against Berry, when we lost a 3-0 lead, was a classic reversal of fortune. How the sequence of four wins in the next 13 games was a stage known as the struggle. And how the 2-2 draw against Plymouth at the end of April was a textbook crisis point that created a ticking clock with just three games left. Finally, in the fourth session, we focus on the rising action of the denouement, a tense win over Chester, a last gasp penalty victory at Sheffield Wednesday, and in the final climactic scene, a 4-0 trouncing of Hull City that finished with ecstatic celebrations on the pitch at Vicarage Road. Fade out and roll the credits. <laughs> so do pop along to the Graham Taylor Storytelling Masterclass and learn from someone who definitely knew how to entertain the man on the terrace. It's on Thursday evenings, straight after Derek Garston's quiz night. Thank you for listening. Now it's back to the drama of this episode of Hornet Heaven with George Catlow and Arthur Fowler. Yes, it really is him walking down Occupation Road in May 1996. As George and Arthur arrive in the lower regions of Occupation Road, George is thinking to himself how Graham Taylor inherited a truly dreadful script when he arrived back at the club as general manager in February and had to do a hasty rewrite. GT did manage to make the final act exciting by getting Watford to score four, five and six in home games against Reading, Port Vale and Grimsby to make a last gasp great escape look possible. But the final scene was an anti-climax. A 1-0 defeat to Leicester meant the Hornets were relegated. Did your scriptwriters ever come up with disappointing final scenes, Arthur? Well, you've got to remember, I was in a soap opera and soaps go on forever. <laughs> a bit like supporting a football team again. In a soap, the final scene is always a setup for something that'll happen next time or a few episodes later. George likes the idea of this. Maybe Graham Taylor is writing a multi-season drama where Watford sink back down to the bottom before rising again. George smiles. GT's original multi-season drama in the 1970s and 80s was a huge hit. Perhaps he's scripting a sequel. Arthur asks, If you were writing Watford's script yourself, George, what would you make happen? Ha, weird man, that's easy. Elton John would buy the club back from Jack Petchy and Graham Taylor would run the team himself instead of wasting his talents by being general manager. Elton and GT would get us back to the top division again in a couple of seasons, man. Nice one. That would pull in the viewers. They walk on. George is pleased with the script he's just come up with, but he's not convinced the cast wouldn't spoil it, after all. He's just watched an entire season of Gary Porter forgetting his lines. After helping Arthur climb over the wire fencing that runs alongside the lower reaches of Occupation Road, then hopping over himself, George swings an arm across the vista of the six-and-a-half-acre allotment site and says, Here we are, Arthur, man. What do you think? Look at this place. Now this is heaven. Arthur is in his element. As they walk past coal frames and compost heaps, the East Ender points out lettuces half-eaten by slugs and black currant bushes beset by blackfly. George says, 
Those look as unproductive as our midfield last season. Arthur says, Don't worry, I've got green fingers, magic fingers, like that Graham Taylor fella of yours used to have when he was tapping out your scripts. Arthur rummages around in an old tool shed and finds a hoe and starts weeding a rubbish of lots. This is fantastic. I'm going to love this. George sits down and watches. It makes him feel good to see someone so genuinely happy. There definitely aren't many people like Arthur in all of heaven at the moment. And he wonders whether he can learn from Arthur's attitude to life. Arthur seems at peace, but he also has what you might call a compassion for himself. Watford fans could definitely be kinder to themselves, George reflects. So maybe the idea of accepting that someone else determines your fate as a Watford fan is a good one. And given Graham Taylor's track record as a scriptwriter and general human being, GT would always be your first choice. Only the script last season was a stinker, George remembers. It would have been far better to have spent time here in the allotments instead of watching journeyman players taking Watford down the divisions. He says to himself, Last season, I could have been watching Cherries, Cabbage and Dill instead of Cherry, Cusky and Hill. He calls out to Arthur. Here, fella, you look like you've found your perfect place. Arthur smiles and comes and sits down next to George. It's not bad, is it? I've been lucky for once. Thanks for bringing me, George. I'm somewhere I can finally be content. George smiles back. They haven't known each other long, but they've been good for each other so far. It feels like a true friendship that will last for eternity. Just as long as no one in the heavenly paperwork department changes the T in Watford to an L. End of part two. The story will continue in part three of Soap. <laughs>